want to be a part of something large. And if that isn't happening seamlessly and organically, people will find shortcuts. In, in my experience, of course, I don't know all things, but, I, but in my experience, people will find the shortcuts to be made famous or to be made likable. So maybe they will deviate their form and technique so they can have the highest back squat in the gym. Maybe they won't squat full depth so they could do Karen in three sets or less and set the world's best time. Not world's best, that's a bit. That's a bit ambitious, but the gym's best time. What we're looking for is just the opposite of that. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode uh, with Clinch Valley CrossFit. Guys, it's so good to be back, and I have a very special uh, guest on today uh, and now family member uh, with the Clinch Valley CrossFit team. So, um, Clay, before we get into to formal introductions, just want to say, man, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you, Dina, um, uh, as part of this family now, man. It's been an amazing uh, beginning, but uh, we just cannot wait to see you know, like what the future holds and like the positive stuff that you guys keep doing inside the gym. It's just been awesome, man. So I do want to turn it over to a minute, maybe a quick intro, tell some interesting things about you and uh, anything you'd like for members, community to know about what you have going on. Awesome. Well, thanks. Um, it's incredibly humbling for you to intro me as the new family member because that's exactly what I want this place to be is a family. Definitely we'll touch more on that here in a little bit, but it's having a group of people come together for a much greater good. That is something we're incredibly thankful to be a part of. But a quick background on me is um, this is year eight of CrossFit for me. I started doing CrossFit like out of a YMCA. Um, I actually used to work at a YMCA. started CrossFit out of there. Um, following CrossFit.com stuff. I had a couple of friends I would train with. I was coached by a few people as well, some really high-level athletes. And um, bumps along the road, roller coasters, ups and downs, and kind of some different gigs over the last eight years. And incredibly thankful to be here back home in Clinton. I say back home. I grew up in like the Claxton slash Powell area, but Dina went to Clinton High School. So being back here in Clinton has been so awesome for us because the family is just not even a five-minute drive from the gym. So very thankful to be here. Awesome, man. All right, and since we're on family, we've talked a lot in the last um, several weeks now, uh, leading up to now, about you know inside the gym and, and what that, that culture is really going to be and feel like um, in the weeks to come. And this is a journey and us, us trying to get to that point. But, man, it's been really, really neat to, to see um, this community um, re already reacting to some of that. And... Um, you know, just to, to, to really dive in, man, I'm, I'm so excited about some of the positive things that have come out just in the last couple of weeks. And you're seeing it from, uh, from members and talking with um, uh, coaches and, and just that, that journey to really be a place where people can come and get better and um, leave feeling accomplished, you know, from, from a day to day. But as we kind of start in, like what's your just general idea, what would be the perfect culture inside the gym um, or feel from day to day? Like what, I know that's a, a broad thing. We'll dive a little deeper into that as we go on, but um, what's, what's that, what's that perfect community look like for you? 
Before we go any further, the whole, that everything you just said, I held not eye contact, but I was looking into your soul <laughs> the whole time. I was thinking, this is the fifth podcast I've recorded. This is number five, and if this gets published, hopefully it does. This would be the first one that ever got published. Mm. I've been to super fancy um, recording studios. We have done some stuff just like out of our garage. We've borrowed equipment from people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason I was like looking at you is like, mm. I don't know if I was smiling with my face or just in my <laughs> head, but I was thinking, I've done so many of these and they've never came out before. And like there have been some that got like real emotional mm-hmm. and nothing ever, nothing ever came of them. <laughs> um, I don't even remember your question, Dave. I'm going to go find that (laughs) footage is what I'm going to do. Like (laughs) that footage will eventually come out and I will find it. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it is interesting. We're pretty good at publishing podcasts too, by the way. We do, we do, we do okay at that, especially when we get into it. But um, when I'm thinking about, I'll kind of start it with this. When I'm thinking about culture inside the gym and you know some of the values that you know we want to live by as a team and um you know as coaches and staff here but also that we want to kind of spill into the community as well there's a few things that we talk about um none which were really created you know just by uh, us alone but i think picking up things along the way um we talk about a community of humble hungry and happy people um and kind of really what that means uh you know, it's easy to say, but what does that mean as we kind of live as, uh, as a community here? So, and, and work out as a community and do things outside the gym together. What does that, what does that look like? So, um, culture for me would be just a, a place where people feel really, really safe, you know, to come in, work out, but also they know they're going to get some, something that helps them get better. It puts them in a positive mindset for, um, other things and inside, maybe even outside the gym. Um, that we have going on. So I think that's where that humble, hungry, happy really kind of translates for me. But just really curious, like you're perfect. Um, maybe it's things inside the gym that you'd like to see or that perfect culture. What, is, uh, what does that look like for you? Culture to me is such an ambivalent term. Um, core values are something that you normally think about in like elementary school guidance class or like library. My, I had a school where we went to a library and like they would talk core values and behavioral attitudes and stuff mm-hmm. like that with us. And I think it so gets lost uh, after you reach the age of like 12 or maybe 16 or 18 at the latest. I think we, we lose touch of culture and core values. And you can really go into any Fortune 500 company and they're probably going to have their core values up on the wall. Um, you know, there are all those uh, pictures of like teamwork and it's a team rowing in a boat or like they're parachuting holding each other's arms and and those are just totally skipped over and scoffed at and um I did it too for a very long time mm-hmm. until um I was I was mentored by a few people that I I look up to tremendously and realized core values are not the words that you put on your t-shirt or on the wall the core values that you have are what you are going to live by what you make your decisions by And when you start to conceptualize that, everything really changes when you understand, oh, well, these words that we're going to hold true to us, it's going to be the the core of our existence, are going to shape our lives. So the core values you choose must be, they must represent the life you're looking to live. They must represent the goal that you want when it's all said and done. You leave a legacy for your children or your family members. What principle-based life was I living by? Um... For us, you know, we have talked for the last three weeks for about two hours every day about this. We, we've, mm-hmm. This is like week number four of having this conversation, you and I. 
Humility, hunger, and happiness is what we want inside the gym for our members. But even those three words, they sound nice, they sound pretty, it's alliteration, they all start with the H. But it's not about just the pretty words and how fast we can rattle them off with humble, hungry, happy. It's about how can we live by these? How can we create a culture where our coaches and our members are adhering to this principle-based life based on humility, hunger, and happiness? Core values also, though, have to be reflective of your actions. Um, arguably one of the biggest scandals in business history was Enron in like 2001, 2002, and one of their core values was integrity. So anyone can write a core value and say, this is the one we live by, and that was the largest, one of the largest embezzlement schemes we've ever seen mm -hmm. in modern history, uh, or modern business, rather. So for us, it's way less about does everyone know them? Can everyone rattle them off? And it's more just are people living by them? So I'd love to kind of go through them one by one, if that's cool mm. with you. Love it. Um, mm. We'll start with humility. Um, when we say humble, it's, we're very specific and very intentional with what humility or that ability to be humble is. When people hear the word humble, they think, don't brag so much. Um, be a little more modest. You know, I spoke with the coaching staff last weekend, and we talked about the Kendrick Lamar song that got so popular five years ago or so. Called, called humble, <laughs> called be humble, and the entire chorus was just like, "Hey, remember back in the day when things weren't all, all that awesome. So remember your beginnings. That's be humble. You've not always been this great, and that is so true. And for us at the gym here at Clinch Valley, it is let's be humble. Let's not put, let's not necessarily put our ourselves above the team. Let's keep the team first. Yes, be humble. But in our space, um, it's be coachable." Don't think that you have it all figured out. Understand that a coach is here to help you. But we'd say all the same thing to our coaches. Like, don't feel like you, we have it all figured out because I know I don't. Um, we are looking to always, it's a growth mindset. How well do you adopt the mindset of I'm growing, I'm in process. It's not a fixed character trait or like this is me, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. It's how humble are you to say, I'm growing. I need coaching. I need feedback. I need to get better. That's the biggest takeaway with humility for us. Hmm. Um, if you are not, if you're not humble, I don't think you'll last very long. It's tough. I'll say, I'll say this too. Um, in, in addition to that, I think it's something that, um, you know, especially early on, um, there's kind of a stigma of it, of it being a place to come and like achieve great things. Right. Then kind of, and it's easy as an athlete to get focused on achieving the great things and like doing all these things, um, you know, to, um, do a, a bar muscle up or a, a muscle up or some of these big, um, movements, technical pieces, um, when it's really, uh, it's really much, much different than that for, for most folks, as far as coming into, um, as, as an athlete and coming into a gym where, you know, every day, um, you're going to be much more open to feedback, um, as a coach, as a, as a member, if you're focused on, you know, true, I guess, humility. How many Anyone? people have you met where, um, they said, oh, it's cool, like, you know, I'm losing weight and, like, I'm gaining all these skills, but, like, man, it's the community. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times do you hear that? 
people want to be a people want to be accepted by the group. People want to be a part of something large. And if that isn't happening seamlessly and organically, people will find shortcuts. In, in my experience, and of course, I don't know all things, but uh, in my experience, people will find the shortcuts to be made famous or to be made likable. So maybe they will deviate their form and technique so they can have the highest back squat in the gym. Maybe they won't squat full depth so they could do Karen in three sets or less and set the world's best time. <laughs> world's best, that's a mm-hmm. bit <laughs> that's yeah. a bit ambitious, but mm-hmm. the gym's best time. Mm-hmm. What we're looking for is just the opposite of that. Who is looking to put in that work and not be made famous for it? We will recognize hard work. We will definitely recognize hard work here. But who wants to be here and be a part of a community? Who wants to be part of a group? Everyone says they do. Community mm-hmm. is such a buzzword in CrossFit, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, these are my buddies. Or, you know, we go and get coffee after Saturday morning classes or on Friday nights. Sometimes we all go get, have dinner together. And to me, that's not a good community. Just because a family has birthday parties, they do family reunions. They open up Christmas presents on December 25th. doesn't make them a good family. Just because you're checking boxes of events doesn't make you a good family. So just because the people inside our gym are going to go have a coffee together or go out for, um, for, for a meal together on Friday night doesn't make us a good community. A good community is this principle-based life where we are choosing what principles we want to adhere within the walls of this gym. And for us, step number one is humility. How humble are you? How much are you willing to accept and embrace the feedback? But also how much do you just want to be part of the group and not kind of set yourself above everyone? Is it the most difficult yeah. to achieve? Um, yeah, it is. It is. And we'll talk more about the other two. It is the most difficult. It's the most difficult for me to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not talking down to, um, to our staff or to our group and say, like, hey, this is what you guys got to start doing. This is what I got to start doing. Um, of the three traits, humility, hunger, and happiness, humility is the hardest one for me. Um, but I think it's so important that I, you know, I share that mm-hmm. and say like, Hey, I, I don't have it all figured out, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try to lead us from the front by pulling the team. I'm not going to try to just be behind everyone, try to push me like, Hey, this is what you got to be doing. Like I'm, I'm trying to pull us there and Humility is the one I try to work on the most because it's where I would maybe I'm arguably the most de- um, most deficient. Mm-hmm. I think lot, and lots of things pull at that too that make it easy to not be. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's that self awareness maybe to to recognize when those times come up and that when uh, we talked about opportunities and I think humility plays into that is um, you know when things get tough inside the gym or just in general, right? If you can start looking at those opportunities as good things, right? As, um, um, as ways to get better and get excited about that, man, that's a, maybe a good first step one, a maybe in, in, uh, finding that if, if you know, it's an opportunity, uh, for more humility, but so we mentioned three, right? Right. So let's let's move on to the second one. Um, hunger, hunger, Hunger is not the same thing as hardworking. They sound similar, and they are synonyms. Hardworking is someone who enjoys to work with some strong ethic. They are a hard worker. What I said to our coaching staff last week was, imagine 
there is a wolf in the woods. It's a mother wolf, and she has her, I don't know, what's that word? What, like a calf is a cow. Mm-hmm. What's a baby wolf? Um, <laughs> that's a good so, cub, maybe? We're going to say gonna cub. cub um, if there are any zoologists out there, uh, yeah. correct that, please. <laughs> Humility approach. That's yeah. it. Um, so imagine this mother wolf is walking around with its child mm-hmm. in the woods, hasn't eaten in four days. Um, I don't really know the satiate the satiate how satiable <laughs> uh, wolves are, so I don't know if they can go four days without food. So regardless, imagine it's a long time. Ribs are starting to show, teeth are looking sharp and rabbit and just like fierce. Has not eaten. There's a rabbit kind of dying off in the distance. Imagine how hungry that wolf is going to be not only physically for its stomach and for its child, but how hard mentally it's going to do everything it can to get to this potential prey and eat. Mm. That's hunger. That's, that's also physical hunger with you know, the stomach and everything, but that's also mental hunger. If I don't go eat right now, I don't know when I'll eat again. It's ridiculous work ethic. And that is core value number two for us, is having ridiculous work ethic. It's not working kind of hard, and, and everybody's like, oh, man, like you should see her when she's in the gym. Like She goes hard. She does it all unbroken. And that's a little, that is a piece of it. It's ridiculous work ethic. But it's also the realization that it's going to take a long time to get where you are. And that's kind of the opposite for the fitness approach. Most, most gyms or um, fitness methodologies sell you the dream. They sell you the dream for twenty nine ninety nine a month or whatever it is, and yeah. it's a matter of um, six minute abs. Get get mm-hmm. beach ready in fourteen days, and we want our members to know, hey, that's actually not the truth. Now, if we really dial in some nutrition stuff, we can get leaner faster, but it, we're not going to get you fit in two weeks. I'm not going to get you as strong as you want to be in the next month and a half. I'm not trying to get you ramped up for the next two weeks or two months, we're really here for the next two years. And if that's not for you, if you hear that and you think, that's a really long time, and I kind of wanted this instant gratification. Working hard is something we're going to do here. And if working hard is something that you you don't really like to do, um, it's going to be hard to fit in here. But it's so worth understanding the definition of working hard. We're not saying blood all over your hands. You push yourself to the limit. You're screaming rep after rep in your workouts. Working hard just means you are consistent. You don't show up two days a week and then complain that, you don't get ex- complain that you're not getting the results you're after. Working hard is also a matter of you totally get it that you are the aggregate of all of these marginal gains in your life. Imagine if every day you wake up for however given period of time, let's say three months, every day you wake up, you have a protein source, a lean protein source, mostly vegetables, a fruit and or a starch. You did the same thing for lunch. You did the same thing for dinner, three to four meals, depending on body size. And this is definitely a different podcast. And you did the same thing every day for about two months, your body's going to change, right? It's totally going to change. Will it happen in the first day? No. Will it happen in the first week? Will it happen in the first two to three weeks? Even then, I can't guarantee it. But if you put in the work every day, what I've told a lot of clients before is no one ever got fat from one donut, but also no one ever got lean from one salad. 
It's about putting in consistent hard work and never slacking off or saying, eh, it's good enough. Being competent or, or being complacent, saying it's, it's okay. We are striving for what we call excellence, and we know that we have to put in hard, hard vision into making the details matter because the details do matter. Yeah. And inside the gym with consistency, um, I was thinking about that the whole time you were talking too, and, and we had some conversation around um, – uh, maybe not exactly this, but around this topic of one or two days a week going 110% versus um, a solid five to six days a week and being mindful that we want to come back the next day and work out. Um, I think that consistency lines up inside the gym along with nutrition, some other things um, just the same, if, if not exact. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Consistency is a large piece to hunger. How hard do you, how bad do you want it? How hard are you willing to work? How often are you willing to show up to get what you want most? If you want to learn how to play the guitar and you grab your guitar and you give it everything you got in your bedroom for about 20 minutes, you put the guitar away. It's like, ah, my fingers are bleeding. That was really hard. Um, and you do that one more time later on that week. So you're practicing two days a week for about 20 minutes until your fingers get tired. How long is it going to take you to get good at the guitar? Mm. Maybe you pick it up and you don't even have your first chord down yet, though. But you practice for one hour every day. Who's going to learn how to play the guitar faster? That's a great point. It's the same thing that we're doing here. That's a great point. Good. Awesome. We're, we're going on to the, the third um, point here, and, and that's happy. And that could be defined in a lot of different ways, but uh, would love to hear your take on... Um, general thoughts on happy happy community man i love to talk happiness mm -hmm. so much and i grew up i said this to um my 5 p.m class last week i grew up watching mr rogers neighborhood and when i was very young i was all about barney it was my favorite tv show and i really enjoyed sesame street as a kid too and i was never really into um superheroes it's never really my thing uh, I, I really like these like feel-good TV shows. And as I was getting older, you know, of course I outgrew Sesame Street and Barney, but man, I hung out with Fred Rogers for the longest time. I wasn't ready to like get rid of that TV show. I loved the character traits that were taught and, and the feeling it gave me like inside. And if you've seen any of the shows I just talked about, happiness is a recurring theme. It's an overlap between all of those shows. I guess that's a PBS thing. I don't know, but happiness is a big thing. But it's such a, it's such an ambivalent term where everyone kind of has their own definitions for happiness. So to make it less gray, very concrete, we define it as what is your attitude in regards to adversity? Adversity is coming. We're all going to have it. Some people are going to have their hands rip in a workout. Some people are going to have a loved one pass away. Some people are going to have the worst day at work. Some people are going to get let go of their jobs. It's how well do you respond to situations? That's what we mean by happiness. It's not just the sunshine and the rainbows and unicorns and ponies in the backyard. It's not just that approach. It is some nasty stuff's going to come your way. How are you going to respond to it? The biggest thing, my biggest takeaway is after I read the book Wooden, you know, John Wooden, the um, historical basketball coach for UCLA Bruins, 
Um, his big thing was never whine, never complain, and never make excuses. So the white bracelet I wear on my wrist is just that. It's never whine, never complain, and never make excuses. And, and people have said to me all the time, like, okay, I, I get the concept of the bracelet. It's like it's a quick reminder, but um, how do I stop complaining? Like what do I do that's going to help me stop complaining? And uh, the, the biggest thing I've always told my clients is hit the pause button on life and zoom out. Ask yourself a few questions. Maybe question number one is, will this matter in three weeks' time from now? Most of the time, the answer is no. Now, some of the examples I gave earlier, uh, yes, it will matter in three weeks' time. But most of the time, especially here inside the walls of a gym, what's happening during class, um, if you're putting a little bit of extra work before or after class and you're hit with some adversity, maybe some sharp pain in your ankle, maybe your back's super tight or you're a little bit sore, Maybe you're still sleepy because last night you were tossing and turning. It's when adversity comes, how, how well do you respond by saying, is this going to matter three weeks from now? Most of the time, the answer is no, it won't. So we, we let that go. You just totally let it go and keep moving forward. The second question we kind of ask is, do you see the abundance or do you see the scarcity in life? If you see the scarcity in life, you see all the things you don't have, all the things that are going wrong, I can guarantee you're not going to be near as successful as he or she who sees the green pastures in every situation. Sometimes it's a tiny, itty-bitty silver lining, but there is good in every situation. There are obstacles out there, and there are opportunities out there. You can see one of them, but you can't see both. So happiness means so much to us, but in one quick description, it's to never whine, never complain, and never make excuses. And once you do that and you take that level of ownership— you're in control of your happiness. You're in control of your life. You control the outcomes and ultimately the destiny of your life by saying, I'm the type of person that doesn't complain. I'm the type of person that never makes excuses. And to me, that's, what the, that's the level of happiness we're really looking for within, within the members here at the gym is can you see the goodness in your life? Can you be thankful for the things that you have opposed to letting everyone know all the stuff you don't have? Uh, just how, how it's said, I think, um, when you hear never whine, never complain, um, those, those seem like restrictions, things that, things that you can't do, right? Yeah. Like things that are forbidden to not do, but it's, it's more realizing, I think that it is, um, it's really a freeing thing for you when you stop doing those things, the, it's amazing physically what your body does. It, it's amazing, like the mental state that that puts you in, emotional state, like what's chemically happening in your body when you can stay positive in um, any scenario, or at least see the greener pastures, right? What, whatever that might be, might be. And people go through some really, really tough times. Not denying that at all, uh, and um, but just it, it's that that detachment from the scenario at the time that gives you the power back to. Um, to move forward and you can go, you get to pick at that point, which direction that you want to go in. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, if anything, the, the happy part is about, you know, um, empowering yourself to, to, um, make the decision on how you want to feel in any scenario. And, um, it's pretty cool to see that click with somebody. And, um, and we've got to see that in the last few weeks. So I think that's pretty cool. Awesome. Cool. Leave it there. Man, that's it. And we've got a few minutes left, like well, literally like 90 seconds, but um, just things to come on the podcast um, and some of the video stuff. We'll be breaking this out, several different things. What would you like to see 
on the podcast coming up. Anything specific that's on your mind, we'll get into uh, several things in the future. So I love once a week or so finishing class five to seven minutes early and having talks with my class. These, these range from nutrition to mindset to recovery protocols to extra training for those looking for uh, more physical dominance within our sport or whatever their goals might be. But this is the most effective way to reach everyone at the same time. So it'd be the same thing. Nutrition, mindset, training, philosophies, what, like creating a family and creating this culture of humble, hungry, and happy people who come together like a family. That's the goal, and that's what we're going to cover. It's awesome. Can't wait till the next one, man. Right. Thanks, Dave.